If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Saturday Night Live in Las Vegas, our NFL betting preview show for Sunday, week 13. Scott Spritzer, Matt Eumanns here in the VSIN studio. And uh, Scott, I'm fired up. College football all day. And um, you and I were talking before the show. We're going to miss these Saturdays when we have wall-to-wall college football. And uh, the season seems to fly by so fast. Oh, I hate it, man, because it's like <clears> we start looking forward to it in June, and, you know, getting numbers from Chris Andrews and others, and and you're just getting ready. You're digging into it. It seems like it's over before you know it. But uh, ended up on a good note uh, after having USC as a small play last night and watching Caleb Williams play injured for the final three quarters and just getting their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. Not saying it was the right side even if he played. It wasn't. I'm going to make that excuse. But came back today and got the nice sweep. And I got to tell you, Matt, I was – a little concerned about Troy because when I first jumped on it, it looked like Grayson McCall wasn't going to play this week. And then, of course, they announced it on Friday afternoon that he was a go. But uh, he was kind of a shell of his normal self with that injury, and it was a, a good day. But you're right, man. It's like, you know, thank God we get a, a 17 games now out of the NFL because I want football, yeah. and it goes by so fast in college. Well, you're right. we got a lot of games to talk about tonight. And uh, we have a loaded guest list tonight. How about this? Paul Bovey, professional sports better from Las Vegas, but – from parts unknown in Mexico tonight. <laughs> Will Hill, VSIN analyst, to Dave Tooley, VSIN senior reporter, and Scott Kellen, NFL handicapping specialist, all on tonight's show over the next three hours. We're going to kick it off here with Chiefs and Bengals. And Scott, you tell me, do you think Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes is the new Brady Manning in terms of an AFC rivalry? It's got a chance. You know, Tyler Boyd is trying to stoke the fire. I saw the yeah. receiver 
uh, for Cincinnati earlier this week. Uh, it's got a chance. Just got to play a few more games against each other, and these guys got to stay healthy. And and uh, as long as they play well, this is going to be a a great series when they do match up against each other. In all likelihood, certainly an int- intriguing. An interesting one for those who are fans, not just better. So, you know, I look at it and I see Burrow, who's you know taking care of business in the couple of the games that he's faced. KC's got great numbers; uh, they won the games. And I was looking back at the Brady Manning series, and you know Brady was eleven and six against Manning, but that included just two and three in the postseason, where Manning was able to beat him three out of five when they got to the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I you know this is one of those games where I do have since he is a contest play this week. I don't have action other than that. Uh, but if I was in no action at all, this would be a game that would make sure my rear end was on the couch to be able to watch. It's just one of those games, and you want to see that matchup between these two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe Burrow, 2-0 and with a passer rating of 117.7 <laughs> in his first two matchups against Mahomes and one in the playoffs uh, last season on yep. the way to the Super Bowl for the Bengals, and that was a big one. Jamar Chase, listed as questionable. He did practice, though, and it looks, sure looks like he's going to play this week after sitting himself out last week at Tennessee. Yeah, he said he's going to play. He's been practicing. Mixon is expected uh, to play also, the running back for Cincy. And Casey's defense, you know, in handicapping this game, kind of one of the reasons we landed on it as being a contest play, one of our five, is that uh, Casey's defense is outside the top half in the NFL in both run and pass DVOA. Uh, the one thing that Kansas City has a huge advantage in when it comes to the defense is their sack rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're as good as it gets almost with the sack rate. And as far as the Bengals are concerned, they've kind of got an anemic or a weak sack rate. Now we've seen a better offensive line uh, when it comes to pass blocking out of the Cincinnati Bengals over the last few games than we saw early in the season. But if they are not on top of their game, Kansas City's sack rate, sack defense, pass rush can make a guy like Joe Burrow have to run a little bit more than he wants to. But uh, I think we'll see, you know, all hands on deck when it comes to Chase and Mixon from the way they're talking right now. Yeah, it sure looks that way. And actually the uh, Bengals right now, home dogs – uh, my w- internet went down, Scott, but the last I checked, the Bengals yeah. were uh, two-point home yeah. dogs uh, to the Chiefs, and you played this in the contest. Like you said, you played which side? Since he got the two-and-a-half yeah. with Cincy in the contest. I think that's the sharper side this week. When you look at it, you're going to have, uh, I think, the sharp, uh, sharper betters on the Bengals as home dogs, and you're probably going to have the public, I'm going to say, on the um, the road favorite Chiefs a little bit because, hey, let's face it, the public loves – high-scoring offenses, sure. and they love Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. Right. Who doesn't? I mean, to me, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. If I'm starting an NFL team, I want Patrick Mahomes. You know what I like so much about Mahomes is that you don't see the guy run the ball when he doesn't have to. You know, he doesn't carry the ball and call his own number on the ground hardly at all. Right. And we'll get into right. his amount of rush attempts per game in just a little bit when we talk a little bit about you know the Bills and what they did the other night. But uh, comparing him to, for instance, to Josh Allen – and I like that. He runs when he has to, and he does a great job when he has to. I look at this, and I'm thinking, you know, Cincinnati's defense has struggled of late thanks to injuries in the secondary. you got Smith-Schuster, who's healthy, uh, which gives Mahomes virtually all his weaponry back now. But in the end, I think Higgins is a guy that it could make some noise because yeah. when you got everybody back for Cincinnati and for Joe Burrow and you get T. Higgins out there, he might get kind of get lost in the shuffle. And even Tyler Boyd, you know, who was talking and comparing the Brady-Manning uh, series compared to these two, and and I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know, Tyler Boyd's name just keeps jumping out at me as a potential to have a couple of big plays in this game because they're going to be so fixed on Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon out of the backfield if he's able to go and play throughout the entire game, and of course, T. Higgins. I think Tyler Boyd can be a difference maker. But again, it comes down to the fact that I think KC's defense overall is 
probably, I mean, it's good enough to win a Super Bowl. I just don't think it's good enough to win this particular game this week. You know, I'm, I'm with you too. And actually, th- this is one I seriously debated uh, at you know deadline time, whether or not I was going to use the Bengals in the contest or not, and um, ended up not using it, but it was very close to making a cut uh, for me as well. Uh, Scott, let's uh, look back at Thursday night. I guess we have to. I don't think... <laughs> I, so I don't think I've ever said over the last 20-plus years that the Patriots look like a poorly coached football team. Yeah, But I kept thinking that during Thursday night's game. What about you? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I actually did a video on this game the other day and threw it out there on Twitter on the Buffalo Bills, but uh, it wasn't like it was some big play or anything like that. You know what I did is I compared it, and, and you're right, I thought that too. I thought there was some weird play calling uh, going on. But again, we've got... You know, Matt Patricia basically calling a lot of the offensive action. And we've talked about that. You started talking about that before the season began. And when he's going to go up against a good team, a talented team, they're going to struggle. But, yeah, so I was I was kind of comparing this when I handicapped that game to a few weeks ago when it was the Jets and the Patriots second mm-hmm. time around, the 10-3 to game. And while it took a, a, a run back on a punt for a touchdown for New England to win that game, the bottom line was I didn't think the Jets would all of a sudden figure out how to beat New England with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And that was the big thing for me. Again, this wasn't like I jumped all over this and made a big play out of it. But one of the reasons I like Buffalo is I was looking back, and other than that crazy weather game that we saw a couple of years ago, if you take the other three games in the series since Josh Allen has been there, they've all been double-digit Buffalo wins. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Mac Jones, and I'm thinking, you know, this guy to me hasn't progressed. He's kind of regressed, and he hasn't reached the level that I thought he would be at this point of his NFL career, and I thought, I just don't know that all of a sudden they're going to find that secret or that sweet elixir or what it takes to all of a sudden turn the page or turn the cards on the Buffalo Bills, and and they were able to go on and get the victory. But I'm watching Josh Allen, Matt, and I'm like, how in the heck is this guy going to make it? I mean, I know he's tough as nails, but how in the heck is he going to make it through the rest of the season, the postseason, go into the playoffs with the way he runs the football? I get it. I know that's his game. But, man, there were a couple of massive collisions out there involving uh, Josh Allen carrying the football. And that's what I was kind of saying about Mahomes. The reason I'd want a guy like Patrick Mahomes, if you look at what he's doing this year, he's carrying the ball like four times a game. That's it. I don't want my quarterback carrying the ball 15, 20 times per game and not sliding when the contact is coming. He wants to deliver a blow. It just scares me a little bit if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, You're exactly right about that. And I've talked about this uh, several times. If you go back and watch – you know, we all tend to forget a few things about games. The memory fades a little bit. But if you go back and watch the Bills-Chiefs playoff game, it is insane how many designed runs the Bills yeah. had for Josh Allen in that game. And he, my my recurring thought was, if he continues to run like this, he's going to have a short career. Yeah. Because you can't do that in the NFL, or at some point he's going to suffer a major injury. He runs way too much. Now, obviously the Bills are going to need him to run if they're going to win a Super Bowl. Sure. Uh, but – I think he's running too much in these some of these regular season games, and um, and just slide, I, go down. You don't well, have to bury your shoulder, and everybody's trying to, no, to tackle right you. That. You know. And you were talking about the USC game last night, so I wanted to bring that up too because I, I was talking about Caleb Williams in the first half. He made two, I thought, pretty significant mistakes in the first half. One was, I think USC was up seventeen to ten. It was second and one, and uh, he had a receiver wide open in the flat. There, there wasn't a defender within 10 yards of him. Right. And he didn't. He wouldn't throw it to him. He was trying to hit the big play, hold Another on play to the ball, hold on about. to the ball, and he took a sack, and then they turned it over on yep. downs, and then Utah went down and tied the game before the half. 
Utah never touches the ball if he throws it out to the flat and gets the first down. But he was greedy. He wanted the big play. The other mistake he made was when he had that 59-yard run, run out of bounds. (laughs) He slid, for some reason, slid on the sideline and got hammered from behind. And that's when he suffered the injury. And as soon as I saw that, I thought he looks like he might have got hurt on that play, and he certainly did. And Lincoln Riley, let's throw him in the mix. Well, you got to run out of bounds. And that's the point of this whole you know, conversation yeah. here for the past two minutes is quarterbacks got to learn to get out of bounds or go down uh, when the when the collision is coming. And real quick on that game, I thought Lincoln Riley kicking the field goal up fourteen to three. You got a chance to go mm-hmm. for the jugular yeah. and go up twenty one to three. And, he, and then what does he do on fourth down around midfield? He decides to go for it later. And they get stopped. Right. You know, it's just it was weird play calling. But anyway, the point is is that Josh Allen has got to learn when he's when it's time to slide. Even if he doesn't suffer a major injury, his career is going to be either cut short, potentially, hopefully not, or it's not going to be as good as we think it could be because all the bumps and bruises and the nicks and everything, you know, even if you don't suffer the major injury, he's going to be slow in a couple of years or slower than he is now, and he's not going to be as effective running the football because of all the bumps and bruises. So there's, you know, it's just there's three things that could happen. He could run for a nice gain. He can suffer a major injury. He can shorten his career by bumps and bruises or not being as effective. And so far he's chosen the two wrong things that he can do. You know, and so I, I just uh, I, I think he runs the ball too much. As far obviously. as the other quarterback, Mac Jones, who threw for 195 yards on a TD, his numbers weren't that bad, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to unfairly criticize him because it looks like he has regressed. But Scott, uh, they're doing nothing to help Mac Jones when you make Matt yeah. Patricia your <laughs> offense coordinator, <laughs> and the Patriots' <laughs> offensive line is weak too. Yeah, I think the bottom line here is don't be uh, don't be in a hurry to bet the Patriots uh, the rest of the season because I don't think this team's going to get any better I think it's only going to get worse agree all right quick break we come back Titans Eagles we preview that big game next if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Okay, welcome back. This segment of Sunday Bet Prep presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for. But Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf-free. Leaf-free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online to find a store near you at zen.com. That's ZYN.com. And of course, the warning this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Back here on the Sunday Bet Prep Show, three hours of NFL betting talk. As we look ahead to week 13, we have a loaded lineup tonight. And uh, we've already talked about Chiefs Bengals and took a look back at that uh, pitiful performance by the Patriots on Thursday night. Bills 24, Patriots 10. Scott, let's look ahead to. Uh, a pretty big matchup here in Philadelphia, and you and I have been pro-Philadelphia Eagles since the summer. It seems to me like this team's plateaued a little bit over sure. the past three games. They peaked in the first two months. Eagles were red hot, and um, you know it's okay. I, I, at some point, you know a team's going to cool off. There are peaks and valleys, and I'd like to see the Eagles get hot again in late December right. or middle of December. But right now, it feels to me like this is a time where you can bet against this team. And I think the the sharper money is on the the road dog in this game this week. Titans plus four and a half. Uh, we did see some fives out there early in the week. Yeah, we uh, we took a Tennessee as a contest play mm-hmm. and uh, grabbed the points with them. But you're right. I mean, but you know, the good thing is with peaks and valleys. If you're a team like Philly and you win two out of three or two out of four, and then you get back on track, you're okay yeah. because of their overall record. But you got to expect the team's going to have letdowns throughout the course of the season, at least a little bit. You know, I'm watching last week's game and I'm like. Seven and a half yards per carry against Green Bay. I mean, great game plan on offense, and the players made it happen on the field. 
Uh, Sanders was great, but here we go. Jalen Hurts, 17, 18 carries last week. I know he ran for a bunch of yards. I know that was a game plan for the most part, and they ran you know, around, through, and over the Green Bay Packers defense. But, I, again, I hate seeing him have to run the football that much. And it makes you wonder if he's going to be healthy for the postseason. And, you know, one more thing on that, drop back quarterbacks win Super Bowls more than do guys who are going to carry the ball 15 or 20 times on mm-hmm. on a game plan, on, 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 game, on the way plays are designed. And so I see – I see Hertz doing this, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You had to do it against Green Bay. This is what you wanted to do with this style of quarterback. Matt, don't you think this team has enough weapons out there where he doesn't have to run the ball 15 to 20 yeah. times per game? You know, I also think he's running too much. That's what, yeah, yeah cut it yeah. in half. You know, seven, eight, nine times a game. That's enough out of Hertz, and I think it'd be fine. They've got enough weapons uh, to be able to do that. But uh, he did rush for a buck 50 and passed for a buck 50 and. And he came close to doing it a few weeks earlier. So, I mean, I think uh, something like something crazy, like the only time that's happened in the NFL or first time in many, many years, whatever it is. So it is rare. But I I, I have the Eagles, or I have the Titans in the contest this week. Uh, they've been even better against the run when you look at Philly against Tennessee. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. But I still think that the Tennessee defense is going to be able to throw a little bit of a, a wrench into the Philadelphia offense, as long as Philly wants to keep having Jalen Hurts out there running the football. And it scares me long-term for this team when you get to the playoffs and try to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think they'll be okay down the road, but, you know, again, I think Tennessee covers this number and might win it outright. You know what's interesting about the Titans is Mike Vrabel's an old-school coach. Tennessee runs the ball, stops the run. you got the number two rusher in the NFL and Derrick Henry. You've also got... In terms of the Titans, the number four, excuse me, number three run defense in the league, 84.5 right. yards per game. And uh, I think that right now is the type of physical team that's going to give the uh, Eagles a few problems. You, you asked for the stats, Scott. We have it from NFL Research. Oh, Are you ready? Go. Yeah, I'm ready. Jalen Hurts is the <laughs> first player since at least 1950. Okay. With 150 or more rushing yards, 150 or more pass yards, and multiple pass touchdowns in the same game. There okay, go. we've got more. Scott always wriggles me with stories about the NFL from the 1940s and 50s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back in the good old days. Here's one more. The Eagles finished their Week 12 win over the Packers with 363 rush yards. That's the most rush yards in a game by the Eagles since they had a franchise record 376 in Week 10, 1948 Ooh. versus Washington. And Scott, of course, you remember the 1948 Eagles Absolutely. went on to win the NFL championship. <laughs> yeah, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> 1948. You know, I'm just going to quickly change the subject because, you know, I don't want to lose your place of thought here on this. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking at what Tennessee's done as a dog, 16-6 and six against the run, when get, I mean, against the spread when getting points. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that scares me about Tennessee and the reason I almost suggested to my contest partner, Al McMorty, uh, about not using them, about letting them go. And in fact, I didn't use them as a play, uh, thus far as a personal mm-hmm. play. But the fact that they've averaged 71 yards rushing per game on less than three yards per carry uh, over the last three games. Uh, Henry, 2.8 yards per carry, too, over those last couple of games. When you talk about Derrick Henry, that that worries me a little bit because it means you know these defenses are getting are finding success loading up in the box and trying to get Tannehill to beat them right. with his arm. And then I was looking at you know, the recent games against Cincy, Denver, in Kansas City, three of the last four games were against the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. Tennessee had a grand total of 38 first downs. It's about 13 per game, just under. 
13 per game. So I, I'm going to trust in the contest of the Tennessee defense being able to be physical, being able to slow down the Eagles' running game, uh, yeah, running game, which means they might have to pass the ball more than they want to and being able to hang this number. But uh, I couldn't go the full distance and plunk them down on the money line uh, because of those numbers I just mentioned. I think Philadelphia has shored up their run defense a little bit, a couple of acquisitions of late. And if they can you know, slow down Tennessee a little bit, it's up to Tannehill to beat them, and I'd rather see them be able to run the ball first. There's no magic number, but about how many yards do you think Derrick Henry needs to rush for for the Titans to be in position to you know, cover or win this game? I, I don't even think he has to run for like four and a half yards per pop. I, I talk about this kind of stuff, or used to a lot on the shows that I used to do, more into, you know, I can take a, an efficient 3.8 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's efficient, if he's getting you four yards per pop every time he touches the ball on average, no big losses, uh, not getting stopped at the line, not having 19 carries for 30 yards and then busting one out for 70. Right. Just efficient 3.8 yards per carry is, I think, what they need for to be able to win this football game. And rush, you know, he's got to rush the ball 18 to 20 times. And if he can do that, you're talking about, what, around 80 yards rushing, and it's efficient, and then Tanny Hill can, can do what he's comfortable with, which is not having to win with his arms. So I guess that would be my best answer. 18 to 20 times during the game, maybe about 80 yards, all efficient, not just one big run and a bunch of short runs. That's kind of the way I look at it, too. I'm thinking if Derrick Henry gets 20, 20-plus 20 carries in that 20 to 25 range, mm-hmm. if he's got more than 80 yards, the Titans, it's probably going to go the way the sure. Titans want it to go. Let's hear from Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network and her projection for what happens with Derrick Henry against the Philadelphia run defense. I double, triple, quadruple check this one because we haven't seen this in a while, but I have 99 rush yards for Derrick Henry in this matchup. Why? Well, everybody and their brother knows that the ball is going to Derrick Henry, Mm -hmm. but this is their best chance to succeed. That secondary for the Eagles is a nightmare, so throwing the ball is going to be a lot harder. So I think that there's going to be lots of wrinkles and folds. We've seen all of the tricks that the Titans can pull out to get the ball to their number one guy. Just give him a a little bit of work to run with. Just just a little bit more. He's going to have a good game. All right, again, Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network. If Derrick Henry has 99 yards, it's going to be a good day for the Titans. Absolutely. You know, he hasn't reached 88 yards in any of those last three games. So, right. and, and she does a good job of pointing out what they need to do to win. But uh, he hasn't gotten there over the last three games, so they're going to have to open up some holes for him against, like I said, what is an improving run defense of the Eagles. It is, and the Eagles made some additions to that uh, defensive line, too. They're going to help. Okay, so when you look at the Eagles down the stretch here, I know a lot of people – assume right now that they're going to win the NFC East. It's not over yet because they still have to play at Dallas in Week 16. Scott, I'm, I'm not going to say this game against Tennessee is a gimme. I think this is a right. tricky game, kind of like that Washington Commanders game was in Week 10, and the Eagles lost that one 32-21. The Titans are kind of a similar team in some ways. Uh, what are the other tricky spots that you might see here in the remaining six games for Philly? I, I hate to say it because they've been so bad at times, but that game between the Giants and the Cowboys at the Bears is not going to be easy. And having to face the Cowboys on the road in their third straight road game, uh, if they get past the Giants and Bears, is going to be tough too. I, I have no problem with Week 17 and Week 18. They can win those two games. Uh, but the Bears could be a slippery point. And again, at the Cowboys, if they win those first two games, I just don't think out of those three road games that the Eagles are going to win all three. I think best-case scenario, they go 2-1, and one. And so they could be two and two the next four games where they fall into that Saints game and then the final game uh, at home against the Giants. And in that case, I'd probably be on the Saint, excuse me, on the Eagles if they come off a couple of losses on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I'm going to say they probably finish, what was there, six games to go? So yep. I was going to say four and two. Yeah, they started eight and oh, the Eagles. Uh, they've won two of the past three. That one point win at in Indianapolis is big. And uh, 
They're now 10-1 and one with six games remaining. I agree with you. The easiest two games left are the last two. Right. Uh, but these next four could be a little bit tricky for the Eagles as they try to hold off the Cowboys in the NFC East. It uh, sure looks like they will. And by the way, Philadelphia Eagles already over their season win total. Yep. So you don't have to sweat that, obviously, uh, at all down the stretch. It's very rare when you're going to bet an over. You've already won your bet before you get to December. Happened to me with Washington State this year, too, so I was real happy about that. I, right. I want to run down and cash my ticket, even though the season's only eight games wait. old. you got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You don't have to wait for Paul Bovey. He's on deck, professional sports better from Vegas in Mexico, studying the uh, player props, and he's got a few sides and total recommendations as well. So stay tuned for Paul Bovey here on uh, Sunday Bet Prep up next. Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up today to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You will get a daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show host and guest. Guys like Paul Bovey, betting splits, daily betting reports, upcoming college football bowl guide and Super Bowl betting guide, VEASAN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. This is a, an extended Cyber Monday offer, and it won't last long, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift to vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, Scott Spritzer, Matt Eumann's back here on the NFL Preview Show. And, uh, Scott, we've got Paul Bovey on from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And, uh, Paul, we're going to talk some NFL with you, but also we're going to get personal here because uh, we have a photo that you put up on Twitter of uh, you and your girlfriend, I think, at an NFL game in Mexico City uh, a couple weeks ago. That was a Niners-Cardinals game. And I don't know, man, this picture looks a little bit cloudy, but it looks to me like she's about half your age. (laughs) Well, put it this way, in a couple years, I'll only be twice her age. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, I've gone the Hugh Hefner route. What can I say? (laughs) <laughs> you married up, brother. <laughs> That's an advantage play for Paul Bovey. Kind of like All that. right, how was the uh, how was the experience, by the way, at the uh, 49ers Cardinals game in Mexico City? Well, look, the stadium leaves a little bit to be desired. You know, we get in there, and I'm walking up these ramps, and it was reminiscent of my days going to Shea Stadium. So I knew Shea Stadium opened around 62, so I go online and I look, and this, this thing was built in 61. And as you're standing there, just standing, sedentary, you will feel the ground shake. There's fences around the seating. There's plastic seating. It doesn't even fold up. So if someone's squeezing out the aisle, you really can't get out of their way. It, it, it's just a very antiquated place. But we got to see Jimmy G, and that was hard goal and uh they they ended up winning which was which was nice uh it was all in all a great experience but i wouldn't be heading back to that stadium anytime soon all right paul bovey professional sports better from vegas actually in uh, puerto Vallarta, mexico tonight all right so let's talk about bears and packers i'm going to start there because uh, aaron Rodgers, justin fields both going to be on the field at soldier field this weekend Packers four and a half point favorites now, total of forty four and a half. 
Uh, Paul, with this game, are you looking at side, total, or player props, or all three? I, I like them all, Matt. Uh, first of all, they opened the game at 43-and-a-half, which I, I thought was a very soft number. But I, I figured the quarterback situation definitely could factor in there. But when you look at the Bears, they've given up 173 points in the last five games. The lowest output was the Falcons, who put up 27 and you look at the Green Bay side, and they've start to, started to show a semblance of some kind of rhythm on offense. They gave up 363 on the ground last week to Philly. Ryan Tannehill, 22-27 for big yardage. And when you look at these Bears, it's, the situation has gotten grave on defense. They were without three of their last of their top four tacklers uh, last week against the Jets, and those same three guys are going to be out. By the way, the leading tacklers, Roquan Smith, still, who was traded to the Ravens with 83. Cornerback Gordon, Brisker at 73, who's the 30 leading tackler. But joining them will be uh, Safety Jackson, who's now out. He has 80 tackles. So you have 294 tackles out of that lineup. Five and a half sacks, 12 tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And I will tell you that Mike White, that'll lead into my next game, was just playing pitch and catch against his defense with his tight ends and his running backs. Just took the foot off the gas last week. Didn't even throw the ball more than two times in the final period. Didn't score. Didn't have to. The Bears defense was very, very giving. So uh, I, I just see the Green Bay Packers putting up Somewhere between 28 to 32 points here. I think the overs in play. Fields is banged up. His over and under on rushing is 72. You don't know how aggressive he's going to be there. And he's lost a couple guys possibly on the offensive line. A very weak offensive line with little depth to begin with in Reef and Borum. So I went Green Bay team total over 23 and a half. I got the better numbers. I think they get into the high 20s, early 30s. As I mentioned, uh, I went the game over at 44, and I think Green Bay gets the cover because I don't think Chicago can keep up. No way. They've had some injuries on offense. Herbert's out, and I think Green Bay is going to dominate. You talked about Mike White. Let's talk about Mike White of the Jets this week being at Minnesota. The Vikings lane three in this one, total 44.5. We saw White, as you mentioned, he picked apart the Bears, uh, 22 for 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. No interceptions. It was nice to see the Jets with a quarterback who looked competent on the field for a full game. Real quick, as I throw this to you, pause. Looking at the uh, at the Jets before, you know, really before he even stepped on the field last week. And if you look at having Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, those two at quarterback for the Jets earlier this season, and then you think, boy, they were still top ten in yards per point margin. That's not that bad. Does Mike White continue his success against a pretty weak Minnesota pass defense? In your opinion? Well, first of all, I want to point out this is not his first rodeo. Last year, uh, he spearheaded the upset of the Bengals. He completed 37 of 45 passes. Quite impressive. And, and, you know, last week, 31 points was his second highest point output of the year. Tied for second, actually, the first uh, or the, the other 31 point game is a painful reminder for those survivor people that went down 
with Cleveland that week as the Jets put up 31. So I just think he is a, a skilled quarterback at this point. You don't know how this is going to play out going forward. But what I like about Mike White is that he's very unpredictable. He throws to the backs. He throws to the tight ends. Last week, Uzama and Conklin, six of six. The backs, six of seven. Uh, last year against the Bengals, he threw to the backs and tight ends 17 times. So you don't know which way he's going to go. And, and like I said, they took their foot off the gas last week. Now, you look at this Vikings team. Uh, Cameron Dantzler, a cornerback, went out three weeks ago. And since then, the opposition has completed 79 of 107 passes. That's a shade over 75%. Uh, but alarming is that it's 9.2 yards per attempt. Now, the league average is well below that. There's only three teams that have slightly tipped over eight, those being the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Eagles. And throughout the year, and this includes Dantzler, 263 in terms of completions against this defense for 381, 69%. There's only two teams that have completed under over 69%, one of those being Seattle, you know, Smith, being over 70. Uh, the Vikings have held only three teams under 19 and a half points. And that's where I'm going with this because I got the jets over 19 and a half at the good number minus the dollar 14 minus the dollar 22. It's higher, but I still think they get into the twenties. They've only held three teams under that. One of those being the green Bay Packers in week one. And then you had the Miami dolphins who went up and down the field, but couldn't crack the end zone with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, and you had the commanders also who only put up 17. So I'm going to side with the Jets here. I think they win the game. They have a much better defense, and they'll score some points. Paul, one last game I wanted to ask you about. Got about 90 seconds for the answer, but it's the Chargers game uh, this week and I'm against the Raiders, and, and I'm looking at the Chargers, and I can't understand with that quarterback, and I know the wide receivers have been banged up a little bit this year, but with that quarterback, they don't take chances with the deep ball. And I know you're kind of looking at potential underplays or under props. Your thoughts on this one? It's real simple. Their offensive line, Scott, has been decimated. Slater is out. Center Lindsley is out. And right tackle Pipkins is out. They may have to go back to Storm Norton. Storm Norton last year allowed nine sacks, 42 hurries, and 50, uh, 62 quarterback hits. He, he just can't get any protection, and he's relegated to throwing underneath to the backs. It's going all to Eckler uh, and, and the other backs, Kelly and, and Spiller got in the action last week. And Kansas City, five sacks, uh, 10 quarterback hits. And as I said last week, four sacks, 13 hits. The Raiders are getting their groove on right now. They've won two in a row, four and seven, six games, one possession losses versus two wins on one possession wins. And I just think the Raiders are the better team right now, and San Diego or L.A. has their problems. All right, Paul Bovey, you told me you also leaned over the total Monday night in the uh, Saints-Bucks game, right? I did, and the reason is, Matt, these, these unders are being adjusted right now. Uh, the totals are out of whack. It's 154, 202, 
to the under right now, and this total is just too low. You can get it at 40 minus 111 or minus 112. You've got a lot of injuries on both teams. All right, we'll be right back. Paul Bovey, thanks. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Not too many people in the world love the World Cup soccer like Scott Spreicher. Ah. <laughs> That's true, right? If you listen, I wanted to throw a name Cup. out there. Lace up your cleats <laughs> with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook with the World Cup 
Now in full swing, it's a perfect time to check out Bet Rivers. Log, to, log into Bet Rivers every single match day. Get a free $10 bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect match day experience. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all of the action. Again, Bet Rivers Sportsbook at betrivers.com. All right, Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans, we're going to take a look here at the primetime games. And I guess we'll start a Monday night and uh, work backwards because Paul Bobby, who just joined us, said he um, he leans over on Monday mm-hmm. night. Not a big play for him, but he's playing over 40-and-a-half in the Saints-Bucks game. So let's start there, Scott, because um, there's a lot to talk about in this Monday night game. Tom Brady had lost four in a row to the Saints in the regular season. Before the Week 2 game in New Orleans, the Saints won that one 20-10. But there was a brawl in the game. Yeah. These two teams don't like each other. It's still... Even though it's a bad division, the worst in the NFL, it's still a heated rivalry. And it's going to be the Red Rifle and Tom Brady on Monday night. Buccaneers, three-and-a-half-point home favorites. And with their low-scoring offense, it's awfully tough to lay points with Tampa Bay right what, now. What time? At what point do we call him the Red Pop Gun or something? I mean, it's been, <laughs> it's been a while since he's looked like the Red Rifle. But, uh, you know, both teams are going to throw the football against these two defenses. And, and Tampa has issues running the football. Uh, one of the worst in rushing yards per game so far this season. And even at his age, if Tom Brady has to throw the ball 48 times, he's going to throw the ball 48 times. Yeah. He's not going to shy away from that. The Saints are off the shutout loss, uh, which I believe gives gives us value on the total. And there are some NFL situations that kind of fit teams coming off a game where they didn't score a touchdown, maybe a field goal or two, or got shut out, uh, that point to that team scoring some points that next time around, scoring a decent amount of, of points. Uh, but I look at the Saints, and I'm like, they allow over 23 points per game on the season. They're eighth worst in their DVOA metric. Uh, and I like the fact that Mike Evans has been upgraded to probable. Looks like he's going to play for Tampa. Uh, but defensively, they've got several bumps and bruises talking about the Bucks to that secondary, especially at safety. And even though the Red Rifle hasn't looked too hot, I think he might be able to pick them apart enough, the safeties, to be able to put their share of points on the scoreboard of this one. I don't think the Saints are going to win this football game. But with this total being 40 and a half, and I did play it over, I'm sitting there going, boy, I, you know, if I can get both teams to score, if I, if I can get, you know, New Orleans to score 17 points, I got a good shot at this one going over the total. I do believe that the uh, Buccaneers are going to at least score 24 in this game. So oh, you do? I ended up on the over. You do? I do. Uh, I do. Well, guess what? That would be their high for the last eight That's weeks. fine with me as long as I get there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get some smart aleck text from you if they no, score 20. No, not at all. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, because I actually like the Bucs. I, I think at some point they got to be sitting on a breakout game offensively. Sure. And it's got to happen soon. It could have happened against the Saints. Buccaneers have failed to score more than 22 points in any of their past seven games. Yep. The offense ranks 27th in scoring 18.2 points per game. And last week, it looked like they were going to go over that total. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they get to 17, and then they go scoreless on seven straight yep. drives. And they lose 23-17 in overtime at Cleveland. Leonard Fournette, uh, running back, was out of that game. I'll tell you what hurts the Bucks' offense, too. Tristan Wirfs, uh, rock-solid right tackle. Mm-hmm. He went down with a leg injury late in that game, and that Buccaneers offensive line was already banged up, Scott. Yeah, I was just looking here to see if Paul had the – I think he liked the over. I was looking to see if he had he one does. of his props on a team yeah. total over. I don't see it on this list, but I don't have the complete list. So he might have Tampa Bay going over their team total, which is 22-and-a-half. I don't think that's a bad play again, even though they haven't gotten there. I think this is the defense they can do it against. I mentioned how bad – uh, the DVOA metrics are for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. And with Mike Evans coming back, he got Brady with one more uh, target to throw to. So I, I think this is – and again, when you're looking at like 13 nothing type games by a team the previous week, a lot of times, again, those come back 
uh, to the mean a little bit. And I agree with Paul when he said with all these unders coming in, it's been adjusted now enough to where I think we can start looking at a couple right. of overs with teams that don't put up a lot of points uh, normally speaking, and I think that's what's going to happen here. So, listen, neither team, you know, they're they're both just middle of the pack when it comes to opponents' average team passer rating. That's good for the over. Neither team is outstanding in that mat- in that metric. So, I think we're going to see, uh, you know, hopefully like a twenty-seven to a twenty type of game. And I, of course, hope the Buccaneers win because you just said you're on the Buccaneers, so I'll be rooting for that too. But uh, I do, I, I do think we got an over here, and it was one of my top three plays this week. It is? Yeah, the over is one of my top three plays. Not number one, but one of the top three. You're not a guy who plays many totals. I don't. Very rare when it comes to totals. (laughs) Uh, The Saints had a string of uh, scoring in 332 consecutive games. That was uh, the longest active streak in the league before last week, and that 13-0 loss after San Francisco. And it was not all on Andy Dalton. Actually, you had had a missed field goal, a missed 48-yard field goal. Alvin Kamara fumbled inside the five-yard line. The Saints just, it was kind of a comedy of errors. And uh, you got to think this franchise is headed for major changes in the offseason. Again, Scott, when you look at the coach and the quarterback, and uh, I wonder if Dennis Allen's going to be able to motivate this team down the stretch in December. Well, what are the Saints of, playing for right a, now? A lot of guys that we thought before the season, and remember there were a lot of, a lot of respectable people that were thinking the Saints had a chance to win 10, maybe 11 games before right. the season began. They got the quarterback injury right out of the gate, basically. But, you know, What's his name? Michael Thomas has been banged up and did nothing all year, even when he was healthy. Uh, Kamara's been so-so. It's just one problem after another, and I think they're poorly coached. You said potential coaching change already after this season, and I think they ought to go that route because I don't think the staff has done well at all uh, operating with this this football team on either side of the line of scrimmage. They're just a mess right now. All right, so it's Buccaneers three-point favorites over the Saints on uh, Monday night, total of uh, 40 and a half. And uh, let's go to Sunday night, the Colts. In the contest this week at the Westgate Superbook, getting 11 and a half. That's a big number. It's got so big, I had to take it with the Colts this week. <laughs> and uh, if you watch the Colts Monday night, it looked like a clown show. But again, you never want to overreact to what happened the previous week. And in fact, a lot of times you like to bet on teams that looked bad the previous exactly. week. The next week. And uh, the Cowboys, have a, they have a rest advantage here because they played on Thanksgiving. They've been sitting at home. And uh, they, they're in the middle of uh, three consecutive road games. Do the Colts have what it takes to hang within this number? Right now, it's ten and a half here at Circa. I, I used them in the contest too. I saw that number and I thought I got I got to yeah. use them in the contest. Uh, I get all the reasons for those who are on Dallas. Totally understand. Short week for Indy. You mentioned uh, a weak head coach in, in Saturday uh, who made a couple of bad decisions in his third game as head coach since coming on board. And when Pittsburgh slowed Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan then struggled in the past through the air. Uh, He didn't have a lot of openings when they weren't able to run the football. I also get it that Dallas has all those sexy defensive metrics, including the top sack rate in the NFL, but you can run on the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I like Indy in this game. You can run on them. They're not good against the run. They're like 24th in rushing yards allowed per contest. And I think Taylor should find enough room to keep the clock moving uh, in this contest, pick up a few first downs, move the chains a little bit. Keep the clock going, and if the Cowboys load up in the box to stop Taylor, well, then Matt Ryan has a better situation than he had last week because they're going to have to focus on the extra man to help stop the run. As as far as Dallas is concerned, uh, they're okay through the air. They're not elite, and they'd rather run the football than than throw the football. So I think you're going to see both teams finding success on the ground. Indy maybe a little bit on the short passing game, keeps that clock going, keeps the chains moving. And then also you've always got the chance of a nice 7-8 play drive that turns out into nothing. When you're talking about the Colts, their offense coming up shorter, having to kick a long field goal, 
And whether they make it or not, if it's a if it's one of their type of drives where they're eating up the clock, it helps with uh, with them staying inside that number. So it's down to what 10, 10 and a half, but we got them at the Westgate mm-hmm. at eleven and a half. Your card and my card, and uh, I I like the play. I, I didn't make it a top player or anything like that. I don't want to go that far, uh, but for the contest, getting those points, I thought it was a real nice spot. Yeah, I was uh, want to clarify there are differences between uh, actual bets with money out of your pocket Absolutely. and the contest yeah. plays, and this is a contest play, not a bet for me. But I, t- I took the number. Uh, with the Colts, and I, th- I do think, you know, their defense had been imp- improving before that Monday night game against the Steelers. There sure. were a lot of signs that showed the Colts were kind of on the right track, and and when they were staying in games and uh, playing better, Jonathan Taylor was a big part of that running attack. Scott, I wondered why at the start of last week's game, or Monday night's game, why did the Colts go away from that right off the bat and they had Matt Ryan firing passes? What are you doing? That's one of those. I said he's made a few bad coaching decisions already in yeah. a real short time on the sideline, Jeff, Saturday. And if he was the one that made those play calls to get them out of what they do best, then he made just another big mistake. I was happy I had Pittsburgh as the mm-hmm. second half of a teaser on Monday night, but I'm just watching him. That's the scary thing about I, I got to tell you, the reason this isn't a personal bet and it's only in the contest is has a lot to do with Saturday with his inexperience as a coach, making dumb decisions, as you just pointed out, the one he made last week, which really put this team behind the eight ball right right out of the gates, and they never had a chance. Well, they had a chance to win the game, but they never really looked like they were like they had it together on the offensive side of the football after some of his play calls. I'm joking about this, but sort of not joking. I think the Colts might have their coaching edge this week. <laughs> You're still not going to give McCarthy. Well, he's a hell of a cheerleader, though, man. Come on. Mark McCarthy does a good job with a half clap on the play card. There you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so no, I can't give I can't give him any credit. <laughs> By the way, I don't think Dak Prescott's playing that well right now. Either. I think he's okay, but he's you know just like a little above average. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, production and efficiency right now for Dak Prescott. Uh, he kind of helped the Giants hang around that he game yeah. on uh, Thanksgiving. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. Will Hill, VSIN analyst with his top plays, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. 
Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.